This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. I am Annalise, an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And I'm Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are going to tackle the heart. The heart. And everything it connects to. How exciting. It's not even (laughs) Valentine's Day. Otherwise known as the cardiovascular system. Oh, I love talking about this. I love cardio. I love strength training too, but I also love cardio. People don't know that about me. We just love exercise, period. I know. We're boring. We're we're hammers. Everything's a nail. Just be prepared. Yep. (laughs) Exercise solves everything. Yes, everything. Forever. I mean, it really does. It's true. I mean, if you can challenge us on it in the comments, go for it. Yeah. I'm sure someone will think of something, but... I guess that that's a dangerous ask. Yeah, no, no, don't do that, actually. We changed our minds. Just comment nice things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to talk about the cardiovascular system, but we're also going to talk about the best way to bump up your fitness, improve mm-hmm. your cardiovascular system. Specifically, we're going to get into interval training today. I love it. <laughs> I love talking about interval training so much. This is exciting. So, well, tell us why. Well, it's because it's one of those like little known things in cardio that like you have probably done, but just did not realize you were doing, but the benefits from it are so great. Like it just compacts everything into a small little package. You get all the benefits, this little tiny little thing. And it's so cool. <laughs> and then you can nerd out on all the physiological changes that are happening in the body. Yeah. So let, let's start with that. So let's kind of like define what our cardiovascular system does. Okay. Okay. So blood flow. Yes. Because heart cardio. So right. <laughs> yeah. Blood. And vascular blood flow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So everything to do with blood flow and in our blood mm-hmm. gets transported nutrients, sugar, oxygen, all the things that our cells need to do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So having a good, efficient blood flow system is key to making everything work better. Yeah. One of the best ways to strengthen your heart is cardiovascular training, actually. So you can't just lift weights and strengthen your heart. Cardiovascular training strengthens the heart. So in turn, your whole blood flow system is positively affected by the more cardio you do Mm -hmm. which i love (laughs) yes so think oxygen transport Mm -hmm. which helps not only to fuel the cells it can also help heal tissues so if you have injuries um improving your blood flow Mm -hmm. is only going to speed up that recovery process what a concept (laughs) It also helps move things through. So we are less likely to get buildup, plaque buildup. Yeah. And funny little like tangent, I want to pick off of that one because people think like plaque buildup in the arteries is like the plaque on your teeth. You're like, oh, I can just scrape it off. Like I can roto-rooter my veins. It's like, no, they can't. Um, (laughs) But if you think of like cholesterol as sticky, think of that every time you get your heart rate up, that moves the blood so fast things can't stick. That's the way I like to think of it. Hmm. 
So they're not sticking on the artery walls like we would like to think. And I'm not going to get into that right now. But <laughs> it, I like to imagine that is your heart's pumping. So it's like, no, too fast. Can't stick by like a running river. It doesn't freeze when it's cold because things are moving too fast. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Your body will also make adaptations. So um, if you are consistently doing cardiovascular exercise, and let's say you do have a clog building, mm -hmm. um, your body will literally start building more veins mm -hmm. and vascularization to bypass that yeah it won't get you out of the woods completely but yeah it is like a natural bypass system that we have when you put demands your body goes okay i'll I, do that i can accommodate let me figure out a way <laughs> so you so you're saying we're developing new veins and capillaries how cool <laughs> <laughs> i think also what this is touching on is another thing of what we're going to get into which is our body is so adaptive mm -hmm. so when you do something that feels hard yes your body instantly doesn't want it to feel hard <laughs> so it starts making adaptations so that's where like the creating new vascularization can come in um, that's where the improved blood flow the improved oxygen transport comes in because if you are sucking wind mm -hmm. your body goes oh I gotta I gotta get better at that yeah so it instantly starts creating new systems for you including motor neural development AKA muscle memory, if you will. Oh, do explain that. Yeah. Okay. That's my favorite thing. So you can develop more nerve endings and redistribute how your body signals those nerve endings to work. So one of the really cool things about cardio, when you first start an exercise, especially if it's something you've never really done before, you're like, I'm going to start running and you've never ran. Um, you're probably going to feel like a drunk baby giraffe, you know, just running around really uncoordinated, kind of awkward, like a baby learning to walk. Just like, Oh, that's not, <laughs> that's not normal. And it's because you haven't developed the motor neural pathways from your brain to those external muscles properly yet to make that movement feel coordinated and easier, right? So when you say you're getting in shape, really it's a slew of things, but part of that process is actually developing the motor neural connection between your brain, your spinal cord, and your external limbs so you can do those movements effectively and better and then don't look so wobbly like a drunk baby giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's kind of like mastering a recipe over mm -hmm. time exactly you have to think about it a lot the first time you make something new mm -hmm. but then if you've made it a hundred times you don't even need the recipe anymore no nah, you just do it by heart just yeah look, that's easy yeah and that's how our body like stores information yeah so it's imp impacting the brain as a result too, not just the motor neural part of that, but another really cool thing, I, this, I love talking about cardio. Uh, another really cool thing that the brain will do is you retain more information, especially after you've worked out because it kind of primes the brain. The blood comes back fully oxygenated, comes into the brain. The brain's more receptive. You can retain more information. So if you're studying for an exam, work out first and you'll be fine. <laughs> Yes. In graduate school, I used to make flashcards and then just go to the gym and be on the elliptical for mm -hmm. as long as it took to memorize those flashcards. <laughs> yeah. I th what was it? We did like a word memorization skill drill in one of my courses in undergrad and we had to memorize like five words or not five. It was like 10 words, I think in X amount of seconds. And then we did a separate 
test with different words, but same process after we did a bunch of jumping jacks for like 30 seconds and everyone did better. That's crazy. Right? It's so cool. <laughs> so that's why I could talk about cardio for days because I'm like, it's so cool. Well, let's, let's define what cardio is. Heart. Right. <laughs> but what, what counts as cardiovascular exercise? Continuous repetitive movement. Over a period of time. Over a period of time, mm-hmm. yes. So not squats. I mean, squats in theory could be. Right. If you did like a hundred squats, yeah. you're definitely into cardio. You're but not gen- strength yeah. training. But generally speaking, not, not that. Um, yeah, it's, it's repetitive and continuous movement over a course of time, um, which a lot of things out there can be defined as cardio. There's a lot more things cardio, I think, than there actually are strength training, really. And you can do really anything. I mean, it could be, you know, hiking, walking, swimming, running, playing sports, you know, anything that's constant movement. Mm-hmm. Just don't stop. Never stop. Yeah. Okay. So, so cardio is also like getting your heart rate up, getting your breath rate up, and then not about the sweating. No, not about the sweating, which I get that question a lot. Yes, I do too. And it's totally genetic how much you sweat. Yeah, it's genetic. Um, it could be also related to how stressed you are. Uh, it could be related to the weather. <laughs> the climate you grew up in yes. determines how many sweat glands you developed. Mm-hmm. If you take hot yoga a lot, your body's going to build more sweat mm-hmm. glands. So you'll sweat more in general. Yeah, so a good rule is don't use sweat as an indication of how hard you're working because I, I can tell you that this not, that's not good. Don't do that. <laughs> Plus, if you're swimming, how can you tell? Right. Yeah. That's why I like swimming. But how can you tell? (laughs) So heart rate, breath rate, and your heart beating faster, your breath rate going up is literally those moments where your body's going to make the adaptations. Mm -hmm. So losing your breath means you are using more oxygen than you can pull in Mm -hmm. and your heart's pumping faster to get the oxygen to the muscles as fast as possible. And those are the adaptations you're looking for, Mm -hmm. which brings us to why interval training can be so efficient and wonderful. Yes. Because this, uh, that's like one of those little known things, I guess, of the cardio. Again, as I mentioned earlier, that people don't really think about. But just the amazing stuff that's going to happen when you incorporate intervals. Just it's just I think it's just too cool. <laughs> I just really think it's so cool. I did a lot of classes on it. I don't know. I just I always find it fascinating with like lactate threshold and how we like can burn more belly fat as a result. Like there's some cool stuff. <laughs> You're like really geeking out today. I am. Yeah. I really love intervals. You can't see Melanie, but she looks like a kid on Christmas. Yay. (laughs) Annalise is giving this look of like, oh no, what did I get myself into today? (laughs) Um, But so let's talk about interval training. Okay. It's essentially just to kind of define it. It's pushing yourself Mm -hmm. and then allowing yourself to recover. Yes. And the cool thing is that there's no amount of time that you have to push yourself. It's really just about like you, where you're at Mm -hmm. and you can do it in whatever fits with you. Yeah, exactly. And what I do love about, you know, interval training too, is another really cool thing is that it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go fast. 
which I think is a, a big misconception with intervals because you're pushing yourself and people think, oh, so I have to run, like run, walk. I'm like, not necessarily. You could walk up a really steep hill. That's just as effective. Mm-hmm. So kind of debunking that piece there, because I think a lot of people are under the, the impression that if you are going to push yourself, you have to speed things up. Right. Yeah. And you can apply it to lots of things mm-hmm. on a bike, swimming, mm-hmm. kayaking, anything that you are doing repetitively, you just go harder. Yeah. Whatever that means, you push. Mm-hmm. You push yourself out of your comfort zone and then you let yourself recover. Exactly. And another thing about the recovery too, part of that is you don't want to recover like so long that you are like, oh, I feel great. Like, this is fine. Because you do want to have an element of work involved in your recovery. So we kind of more refer to it as like an active recovery where you're still working, but way less intense. But you're still like, okay, but I'm still in the workout mode rather than, oh, I'm done with my interval. Now I'm going to sit and wait and then go again. Yeah. Generally speaking, don't sit after no. pushing yourself if you want to feel very bad and grumpy. <laughs> push yourself physically and then just sit. And then really st- if like, oh, I can't move. Yeah, it, that's pretty rough. Yeah. So I think what, what Melanie is saying is, is slow it down. Mm-hmm. So take it from something that feels, let's use a scale of one to 10. I like that. On how hard you're working. An interval where you're pushing, you're at about an eight to nine and a half. Yeah. Okay. So you're really breathing hard. You're really uncomfortable. You're really pushing. And you probably can't go over two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes would be the longest that keeps you in that like interval zone. Mm -hmm. And then your cool down or your break is like coming down to a four or five. Yes. So you're able to catch your breath. You're still moving, Mm -hmm. but you're comfortable. And theoretically you could do that pace for hours. Yeah. That's, that's their, their steady state cardio. It's, you can hold that pace for a while. Um, the other element of, of interval training too, that is also kind of, yeah, kind of cool is you're going to feel like you're, you're kind of done. You kind of know what, when you hit that limit, usually like you can look at a clock, like, okay, I've been going two minutes by 30 seconds. Most of the time, you know, you're in a high intensity zone. It doesn't take much more than that. So don't be afraid, like, if you start doing intervals and decide after this this talk we're doing, like, oh, I want to do that. Don't be afraid to start, like, with 15 to 30 seconds of high intensity. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to jump into a two-minute zone. That's, like, a really, really high end of an interval if you're going to do that. Right. Yeah. And then you want to have your recovery be, like, either double the time of your interval or a one-to-one ratio. Now, what would you say about the folks who would make an interval like 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off? Like a Tabata drill? Yeah. Um, Tabata is actually really effective. And technically, Tabata is 20 seconds on, 10 second break, um, eight rounds Mm -hmm. of whatever you're doing. And there's really, really good research for that. Mm -hmm. But those short breaks are really, really challenging. Yeah. So if you are new to intervals, you want to start with a shorter work time and a longer recovery time. Yeah. And it's for a couple of reasons. So physically, our body gets used to that push and Mm -hmm. recover. But it's a mind thing, too. To get comfortable mentally with pushing yourself physically is a skill. It's it's a complete skill. 
it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) It's true though. Intervals is, I would not say interval training is the most comfortable thing you will do when it comes to exercising. It's probably the least comfortable thing, but that's, that's the point. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) here's the big benefit of interval training is I can do it for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it could be a 10 minute workout. It could be a 15 minute workout, but because I am pushing myself to higher levels, right? If I only have to go 30 seconds, I can work a lot harder than if I have to maintain that level for 30 minutes. Yeah. So remember at the beginning, we talked about signaling your body to make changes. Mm -hmm. Even during a 15 second push or a 30 second push, your body is getting the message. Yes. And that is huge because we could do interval training for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, two times a week. And during that time, you are sending your body a consistent signal. Make me fitter. Make it so I can work at this level. And the key thing you said there is you don't have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. A couple times a week is really all you need. You don't need to do intervals daily. And if you want to, I guess you could, but you don't really need to do that. I would say you actually shouldn't yeah, because it is working really hard. It is a stressor on the body. Yes. Usually what I tell my clients is intervals are uh, up to two times a week workout. Yes, exactly. And, you know, another thing with the intervals too, in terms of span of time, the whole workout isn't even intervals either. Like that's another thing you kind of mentioned, like 15 minutes or so, right? Like you could still do a cardio workout and then have intervals intermixed into that. Mm-hmm. Like in the middle of workout, okay, now I'm gonna do like five sets of intervals and then you go back to your steady state workout or whatever it is you were doing. It, it shouldn't be this like, okay, my whole hour is dedicated to intervals because that's not sustainable. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it might be for someone who's extremely fit, but that's really hard to do. So it's not a huge ask, really, if you think about it. 10, maybe 15 minutes of your workout, couple times a week tops. Mm-hmm. Bam, easy peasy. Yeah, absolutely. With an asterisk, easy peasy on paper. <laughs> <laughs> as far as time commitment, Easy peasy. Yeah. And that's a great point you make too with time commitment, because if you're someone who's on the go and does not have a lot of time to get exercise in intervals are so great because you can fit a lot of work into a very small span of time. Yes. Same thing with strength training. Mm -hmm. If you do not have a lot of time, do two days a week of 20 minutes of strength training, get fatigued two days a week of 15, 20 minute interval training and your fitness level will go through the roof. Yeah. What's really cool, actually, is like if you if you were to look at marathon runners, they use intervals as a means of training for a marathon. These short bursts of intensity followed by that recovery compared to what we would assume a marathon runner would do as, you know, if you were the average person out there like, well, I don't know how a marathon runner trains. It's like, well, they must just run a lot. They must run all the time. It's like, well, they, they're doing intervals. A proper training routine incorporates that in there because it's a really effective way to push you into a healthy workout zone and get you in shape faster. Well, and don't we all want that? Yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned it earlier, but also the targeting of belly fat is a big part of intervals is when you have those recovery zones, you're using up almost all of your fuel sources during that intensity. That's why you, you kind of bonk out, you kind of fatigue and you have to take that break. And that break is your body pulling from stores to replenish stuff as you go through this workout. And it's most effective actually post-workout. 
Once you're done with the workout, it starts pulling from your belly fat stores, kind of replenish that glycogen and the muscle tissue, gets you just fitter and also reducing the visceral fat content around the organs, which is really the big thing there. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want a lot of that. That's the bad fat. That's the stuff that can lead to like type two diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure. High, well, high cholesterol could be a part of that too, but it's just such an effective way to kind of use up what you already have. And I think part of that is the fact that interval training, pushing yourself into those uncomfortable zones, mm-hmm. uh, has a much higher metabolic payoff afterwards. Oh yes. So you are burning at much a higher level, which is where the fat burning comes in. Mm -hmm. Because if you have boosted your calorie burn for, let's say, 24 hours, um, most of that calorie burn is going to be fat. Yeah. We use fat primarily at rest, which Mm -hmm. then everyone's like, why am I not thin? I was like, well, not that kind of fat, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Well, it's a percentage burn, right? So like... Yeah, we're not using a lot of energy when we're sitting around. It's just the biggest proportion of energy we're using is from fat. Yeah, but unfortunately, sitting around doing nothing is not going to contribute to weight loss. (laughs) We could only hope, but unfortunately not. But yeah, these just if you haven't incorporated intervals or you're not sure how, or maybe you're like, well, I don't want to time myself. Maybe I don't want to carry around a, a phone with me or whatever it is that you do. There's a slew of different ways you can do intervals that aren't necessarily oriented around time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say it, and the word is funny because it's Swedish, but fart-like training, <laughs> which is a real thing. But when you hear it, I guess, and not having heard it before, you're like, ha, ha, ha. But no, it actually really is a, a cool training style that you most likely have done before. It's where you're maybe out for a walk and you go, oh, look at that tree. I'm going to jog to the tree. And then you go, oh, look at mailbox. I'm going to walk to the mailbox. And now I'm going to jog to that parked car. And you just keep picking items mm-hmm. in the distance and speeding up or slowing down as you do that. And they call it speed play. That's actually the translation of the word fartlek. So super cool. You've probably done this. <laughs> so that's a really easy way just to kind of sprinkle it into your workout if you're already doing something outside like that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's my personal favorite way mm-hmm. to do it. If I'm out running or, you know, wanting to push myself, yeah, I think it's it's a great way to, like, pick a point in the distance mm-hmm. and go for it. Exactly. And then when I'm on things like a treadmill or something with a timer in front of me, I might go with that just cause it's there and I'm not going anywhere. You could use music too though. If you're listening to music, you can use music. Like the chorus of the song is like, now I'm going unless the chorus is really long. <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> I mean, that could be part of a challenge. I think that can be fun too. Like, pick a song that really moves you and just let it define mm-hmm. where you go. If the song pumps you up, go for it. Have fun. Yeah. I mean, if you take group fitness classes a lot right now, you know, with the the kind of like standardized group fitness classes, mm-hmm. you don't see it as much. But um, when instructors typically are making up classes, they make it up to the beat of the music, mm-hmm. like to you know, the changes in the music. So if you enjoy group fitness, I think like another way to enjoy that for yourself is apply that music change Mm -hmm. to your own personal workouts. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and there can also be like distance stuff too. There's like, you know, you can do time, you can do just object picking, you know, like I'm going to pick that thing over there and you don't know how far away it is, but like, if you're on a track or something, like maybe go to a high school, go run around that track and you say, okay, I'm going to walk the corners, run the straights or whatever. That also could be like similar to fart like training, but also you can take it as, as the yardage, right? Like I'm going to go 200 yards or whatever, if you know the yardage of that track. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type thing here you know pick the one that just go oh yeah that's what i like i want to do that mm-hmm. or maybe you just try all of them and find the one you like the best yeah absolutely which means more intervals for everybody i'm okay with that <laughs> and it, it it doesn't necessarily change like in in terms of the grand scheme of things the benefits you're getting because cardio provides pretty much the same exact benefits that interval training does it's just it highly compacts that workout right so bigger benefits in a smaller package right right and i think it's probably also worth noting like that it uses a different fuel source Mm -hmm. so there is benefit to doing all different types of workouts during your week um we have about three different fuel systems. Mm-hmm. One of our main ones is aerobic. Yes. And that means with oxygen. Yes. So aerobic exercise typically is something that we can do for long periods of time. So when we talked about like being in a recovery state, being at four or five, maybe even six or seven, depending on how fit you are. This is time where you are taking in more oxygen than you're using or the same amounts and you can just go and go and go. Yeah. Um, and that's when we kind of get into like the fat burning thing because we have so much calories stored in our fats yes. that if our body has time to break down that fat, then it's then it's going to have kind of an unlimited supply. Aha! Yeah. So that's why when we're working easy or sitting around, we're primarily using fat. It's Mm -hmm. there, it's available, and our body has time to break it down. Yeah. Then when we get into working hard, Mm. okay, so then we're kind of moving into this anaerobic zone. Anaerobic. Yeah, anaerobic, which means without oxygen. Hooray! which means that you are using more oxygen than you are able to take in. Mm -hmm. So that's when things get hard. Yes. Right? That's when you start sucking wind. That's when your heart rate goes through the roof. And those are your interval stages. And you are primarily using uh, carbohydrate, Mm -hmm. I should say, or glucose. So you're using your blood sugar um, because your body does not have time to break stuff down. It needs immediate nutrition. It needs immediate glucose. So it starts clearing out the glucose you already have. And we have it just floating around in our system all the time. Right. Blood sugar, if you will. It's our blood sugar. And that's what you're aiming to switch over to when you're working these intervals Mm -hmm. and that's where we get the two minute limit. So if you are working at a level, uh, for your interval that you can go over two minutes, you are literally not in your anaerobic zone because your body can only use that fuel source for up to two minutes Mm -hmm. before it starts switching over. Exactly. That's what I like to tell people. Like if you can go longer than two minutes, then you're not doing intervals, (laughs) right? You're doing something else. But not intervals. Well, you're just, you're not, you're not pushing yourself in the way you could. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get that interval benefit. Yeah. And 
with that, like, with the anaerobic phase too, because when you mentioned the, the the scale of one to ten, and we were defining it, but we didn't actually define ten as being like the hardest you can go. Just a little like tip is when if you're trying to get your intensity up to like an eight, nine and a half, it can take you all of thirty seconds to go from an eight to a ten sometimes. Mm-hmm. So at the point you start feeling nauseated, that's where you can pull back. <laughs> Maybe before then. <laughs> Ideally, yes. Uh, but just know a 10 is usually like pukey land. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. A 10, a 10 is a few seconds. You're not. You can't. Yeah. You're done. You're just like, I'm done now. And my legs won't move. The end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or arms. Depends and on what you're doing. Typically, you're not wanting to get up there. No. <laughs> well, that's unfortunately, I think. And this is why I wanted to add a disclaimer. I think that's unfortunately why a lot of people have a distaste for exercise is this expectation is, oh, I have to jump in and do this hard, intense workout. And what they don't realize is they're pushing their intensity up so high. They're getting to a 10 so early on. It just knocks them out and they just feel like, oh gosh, that was horrible. I don't want to do this ever again. And it discourages mm. them from wanting to do it again. And now we're encouraging you to actively try to do this now, but in a con- in controlled doses, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you can, and it's not, it's not going to hurt you, by the way. This is fine. You just won't feel good um, if you hit a 10. But, you know, if, if that's something that you're concerned about, it's okay just to, like, see what an eight feels like. Oh, that's tough. Okay, scale it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your number will change. Mm-hmm. So as you get fitter, like, my eight is not Melanie's eight, nope. is not probably your eight as far as, like, objective data of output, right? It's a perception thing. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about using the like self rating is that it actually comes out pretty accurate. Yeah. So it's, it's almost as accurate to continually check in with your perceived exertion and rate your exertion level as it is to like watch a heart rate monitor. Yeah. And especially cause you don't have to buy a heart rate monitor. <laughs> yeah. You feel like, Oh, what do I feel? I feel like a six cool keep going because that's just as accurate as the heart rate will be yeah and actually i like it better i like tuning into my own body Mm -hmm. and working out based on how i feel not based on like external data yeah sometimes how we feel is a bit more honest i think than external data can be because also if you're looking at your heart rate and let's say you're getting in really good shape what your heart rate is after you've gotten pretty good shape might me in a, a moderate zone, but you're like, I don't feel like I'm working that hard. I feel like I go harder because you're adapting and you're getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing to consider the better shape you get in your heart rate feeling kind of starts to change a little bit, mm-hmm. which is the whole point yeah. of cardiovascular training, Yay! which is so that your heart doesn't have to work as hard all the time. Yeah. And then as a result, cause you're, you know, your heart being a muscle, it's the same way your body adapts with everything else. Your heart starts to reinforce itself with muscle, which means every time your heart beats, the beat is more effective pushing that blood throughout your entire system than it was before, which ultimately will reduce your blood pressure and your heart rate because your heart doesn't have to work as hard to do the thing it's doing. So your resting heart rate might start dipping lower. Like professional athletes' resting heart rates dip anywhere into the 30s and 40s sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you might go, wait, what? Normal heart rate for the average person is 60 to 100 beats per minute. An athlete might be around 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. Now, the more cardio you do, you might see, oh, I'm seeing 60s on my watch. Oh, cool. Or whatever, if you check your heart rate. And that's just evidence of all the payoff you're getting from your workout. Right. 
had a patient tell me that last night, actually. She's like, my heart rate's always in the 70s, and then I've been doing all these inter intervals. <laughs> As I told you, I'm excited, and I made her do intervals, and she's like, yeah, my heart rate was 68. <laughs> it hasn't been the 60s for years. And I was like, this is so exciting. That, that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, and it's only been three weeks. That's it. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> so it happens relatively quickly. Your body's very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Relative being the key word. It's not going to happen overnight, but a few weeks, right? Not like a year. Consistency. Exactly. Don't, if you do it once, it's not like, Ooh, I'm good now. <laughs> no, once will get you a whole lot of nowhere. No, no. But unfortunately, it's about that time. Well. <laughs> well. So you guys get out there, push yourself a little bit, recover, add it to a workout, you know, or two a week, and then start watching everything get easier feeling mm -hmm. watch your heart rate start dropping when you're resting watch mm -hmm. your workouts get easier yeah and you'll feel stronger and going upstairs won't be as hard even though it kind of never gets easy no but it does get a little easier well it's it's easier in the sense that you're better at it but then you have to push yourself harder and it just stays the same level of hard but you're better at it now yeah right life doesn't get easier we just get stronger exactly yeah. i love that and on that note, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment, and we'll touch on it in future episodes. Yep. Until next time, everybody. Bye.